Good morning, and let me add my words of welcome that you've heard from others this morning. Uh, though I am obviously not physically with you, know that I have been praying for each one of you as you have gathered this morning. I'm Linda, uh, the pastor of Family Ministries here at Cornerstone, and I am very excited to be sharing God's Word today as we enter into the second sermon in our very short series on Rediscovering the Church. Last week, Pastor Hojin launched us off with rediscovering the church as the family of God, a family uniquely designed and called to build unity in Christ and pursue maturity in Christ together. That's an amazing family to be a part of, isn't it, sisters and brothers? And speaking of family, I want you to think about entering into a family member's home or a friend's home. Every home is different, isn't it? You have the physical things like how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms, is it, uh, is it in a apartment building or is it free standalone? However, what I think makes a home unique is what you see in the home that reflects who dwells there. Let me give you an example. Years ago, our son Chris played on a very high level volleyball team. And one day we entered into the home of someone else who was on that team and the main floor, which was the only space we were in, was all white. That means seriously, all white. It was perfect, I guess, uh, because it was white rug, white floor, white counters, white couches, white walls, white appliances, white. There was some art on the walls. It was very, um, I'd call it generic, very generic art. Look nice, no depth nothing to it. So the only item that reflected in that whole floor of this house, who actually dwelled there, who lived there, was one picture of their son, the one that played volleyball with Chris. You know, we, Jeff and I actually walked away quite shocked by what it looked like. It was sterile. It looked nice, but it was cold and uninviting. Well, Sometime when you come to our home in Quincy, you will see a lot about who lives there. There are books, 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 books. Yes, there's a big screen TV. There's one of the Pooh statues. There's a bathroom that's decorated in all Hong Kong things. The art on the wall, each has a story about how we found it and what it means to us. There's a few guitars around. I could go on and on, but uh, you get the idea. Our home reflects who dwells there. And that's the rediscovery of the church we're going to spend some time in today. Who dwells in the church and how is that reflected in what we do as the church? And as we head there, we know we can't learn anything without being transformed. And we can only do that with the power of God with us. So let's pray. We do ask you, Heavenly Father, to be with us in these next few minutes as we look at your word and what you call us to be as we rediscover your church as you originally planned it. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts, speak to our souls, speak to our minds, and change us because of how God speaks. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm actually going to go back to the scripture that Pastor Hojan started us off with last week from the book of Ephesians written by Paul. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens 
with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. That last verse is our verse for today. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So our rediscovering of the church today is that dwelling place for God. We, you and I, are being built together by the Holy Spirit as a place that God himself dwells. Note that this is ongoing. This is an active verb. We are being built and will continue to be built until the day that Jesus returns. We as the church should never say, as my two-year-old granddaughter does, when she does something for the first time or she accomplishes how to do something, she said, I did it! We the church should never say, we did it! The church is now perfect. We are human. And though we strive to reflect God who dwells among us, we do and we will continue to fall short. Though our sins have been forgiven, they have been wiped clean, and we strive to live more and more like Christ, we stumble and we sin. That's why we are continuously being built by the Holy Spirit. I think there's also a very clear distinction that we discover when we see the church as the dwelling place of God between a church, the church, and a club. The definition of a club is an association or organization dedicated to a particular interest or activity. Okay, that's kind of us, I guess, in a very limited sense. It could describe the church. However, it doesn't really describe what we should be as a dwelling place of God. We're not a book club. Come, read, discuss, get on with your life. We're not an entertainment center, though you guys are sitting in a theater. The church is not an entertainment center. We don't come to be entertained with music and hear some words and get on with your life. Think about that for a moment. A club has gatherings, a community is built, people have things in common, they usually learn or grow. However, the church must be different than a club because we have God dwelling amongst us. Peter writes for us that you also like living stones are built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are the stones of God's dwelling place, being built together, not a club, but a people who reflect, who dwells among us, a priesthood, which means we bring God and humanity together. So with the Holy Spirit, we keep being built together. And Jesus said, to his disciples before he ascended. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, that's how we are being built, as the stones of the dwelling place of God, as the priesthood who brings God and humanity together. And I believe there are three aspects of being the dwelling place of God that help us rediscover the church today. Not a club, the church. 
one thing I want you to think about uh, coming back to walking into a friend's or family member's house, and that is the conversation that starts to flow. That's part of the reflection of who is dwelling in that house. What do you talk about? What are you learning? When we, when we talk, we talk, we listen, we learn, and we grow. And as the church, the dwelling place of God, being built by the Holy Spirit, our conversation with God, we call prayer. We talk, we listen, we learn, and we grow. You know, prayer is something we see often Jesus did uh, in the Gospels. Read them, look for references of Jesus in prayer and talking to his Father. He prayed often with God. And he also reminded the people of the day, and this was actually in the church. He entered the temple courts and they drove out everyone who was buying and selling things. He overturned tables of money because the church was not what God called it to be. And Jesus reminded them and reminds us, my house will be called a house of prayer. A house of prayer. Now, Pastor Bill has introduced our focus for this fall is all about prayer as we try and listen to God. And we'll soon be having a sermon series about those who pray, the prayers we find in the Bible. It's going to be an exciting series. So I'm not going to say a whole lot about prayer. Just two quotes I want you to think about. Um, one is by Mother Teresa. Prayer is not asking. Prayer is putting oneself in the hand of God at his disposition and listening to his voice in the depths of our heart. Hundreds of years earlier, Julian of Norwich said, the whole reason why we pray is to be united into the vision and contemplation of God to whom we pray. We're being built together as a dwelling place of God. And as a priest, in the priesthood of all believers, you and I pray to bring each other closer to God and to hear God more clearly. That is a reflection of God dwelling with us. Our conversation with who dwells in this house, in the church, we talk, we listen, we learn, and we grow. The second place I believe God calls us as we rediscover the church as a dwelling place of God through the Holy Spirit is to passion. When we believe we are being built by the Holy Spirit, the power and passion of the Spirit is built into us. As the church, the dwelling place of God, we are to live lives of passion, living out His commandments. Oh, we have the Ten Commandments that God gave to the Israelites. There were lots of other rules along the way, but I love how Jesus brings it down when he's asked, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And what did Jesus say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws and prophets hang on these two commands. Be passionate about God. Be passionate about others. You know, that is part of God's character. John tells us, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. You'll notice he says God loves. He doesn't say God loves 
you a bit. He doesn't say God does acts of love, even though he does. God is love. And therefore, it's a part of his character. And therefore, it's a part of where he dwells. The love in these verses is agape in the Greek. And it's the purest type of love. It refers to the covenantal love of God for humans, for you, for me, as well as our love back to God. It's not a romantic love. It's not a brotherly love. It's not an empathetic love. It's a love that actively shows preference for what God wants. It's unlimited in scope and unconditional. It's a love that takes action. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. That's passion. With your heart, love God by filling your your being, your whole being with his presence. Who he is, his character. If you love God, that comes into your heart. Love him with your soul. Worship God in all of the unlimited creative ways that God desires us to worship him a song, with words, with dance, in nature, in writing, in journaling, in talking with each other. We worship God with our full souls and with your mind. Learn more about God who dwells with us. What are other characteristics of his? Justice? Mercy? There's so many. Discover them. Examine the Bible. Read it with others. Explore it love in action our God and love others how did Jesus love others he healed them and brought them back into community he taught them and brought others back into right relationship with God he fed the hungry he invited the tired to sit and rest He saw beyond what the earth values and treated everyone as the image bearer that is beloved by God. As Jesus said in his parable of the sheep and the goats that you'll find in Matthew, that those who did as God commanded, who loved with the passion of our God who dwells amongst us, this is what he says, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. That is the passion of loving others when God dwells with us, O church. There are countless places that God is already present. We need our hearts broken for what breaks his and to love as an action. Love others. This week I had a conversation with someone from Cornerstone and uh, their prayer for this specific dwelling place of God, Cornerstone Church, is fervor, which is an intense and passionate feeling. Have fervor for God. Have fervor for others. Let that be our prayer also. So the church where God dwells, prayer, passion, and I see that Jesus brings into us into a third part of being built as the church. And it's his invitation, uh, his command, his commissioning, some people call it, to participate. 
Jesus told his first disciples at the beginning of this church that God dwells in. He said to them, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Likewise, we read this earlier. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Remember the dwelling place of God is not limited like a club, a group of people with a common interest bound by human limitations. God calls us to be a part, the priesthood bringing God and humanity together. That's the church, go and make disciples baptize teach them to love God and to love others be the witnesses be the people who see and know God from personal experience and share what we know with everyone around us we are commissioned to participate not just join a club but to go out of the church gathered and be the church scattered as we remember what Paul wrote to the believers in Corinth do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Participate in what God is doing. Go. So as we rediscover the church, we are the stones of God's dwelling place, continually being built together by the Holy Spirit for prayer, for passion, and to participate. The question God is asking each one of us today is asking you and me in our rediscovery of the church. If we are the stones of God's dwelling place, the priesthood of believers being built together by the power of the Holy Spirit, can you commit to being part of something beyond a club, a mere earthly community? Can you commit to prayer? An ongoing conversation with God, not just on Sundays, ongoing since God dwells in us, the church. Can you commit to prayer to talk to God, to listen from God, to learn about God and grow in God? Can you commit to passion? Love the Lord your God with your whole being, your heart, your soul, your mind. Love others with a love that causes you to act. Passion. Can you commit to participate, to go, to where God calls us? to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the world, to your workplace, to school, to home, to be his witness telling of who God is wherever we go. Can you commit to be the dwelling place of God? Let us pray. Father God, you desire to dwell amongst us and we welcome you in. As it is recorded in Revelation at the end of the Bible, it says, See, the home of God is among mortals. 
He will dwell with them. He will be his peoples. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. I pray this image, your presence, will move us to pray, to have passion, and to participate in what the church is doing. Today, we commit to being the dwelling place of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Keep building each one of us. Keep building your church. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen.